Welcome to Marvelicious Toys. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more. Because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious. Hello and welcome to issue 76 of Marvelicious Toys. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And this is Justin. We have a big show coming up. We're going to be talking about the Avengers on Blu-ray. No, this isn't 2012. <laughs> Finally, that and G.I. Joe, the two things I've been waiting with bated breath for. We've got Hot Toys talk, and we've got a rare, rare box set of figures. But to start it off, last week, Marjorie and I went to the first Wizard World St. Louis and thought we'd give a report from there. Wonderful. For those of you who have never been to a Wizard World convention, they kind of travel with the same stable of celebrity guests, and they are all over the country, mostly, I guess, east of the Mississippi, though. It's a lot of fun. This is the first time they've had it in St. Louis. I kid you not, St. Louis does not have a major comic book convention. This is the very first one for St. Louis. They have little tiny toy shows and non-sports card shows and sports card shows. But So this was interesting. It's at the America Center, which is attached to where the Rams play. It was pretty good, I thought. It was good. Now, I am going to say it was very lucky that thanks to all of our podcasts, we got in as press. Because that meant we got in. Yeah, they maybe underestimated the number of pre-sales they were going to have. And having been to going to Wizard World in Chicago, as long as I've known Arnie, that usually moves pretty efficiently once you get your badge and get in line. Well, here they had a huge line that didn't finish getting their badges until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Whoa. There were some people pretty upset because there were some ticketed events. And I heard people talking to the guards saying, hey, I have paid... $200 for this event at noon, and you're telling me I got here at 9 a.m., and I'm not going to have my badge to get into the con until 1. Well, what what about this ticketed event? And they had to make special exceptions and things like that, because the line was just endless. That's that's pretty crazy. Does that... You think that's a function of Wizard World themselves, or is that like a local, you know, the, the people who run the convention center not understanding how busy it might be? I'm not sure i will tell you having gone to wizard world the only line i've ever stood in there is one waiting for a panel which is normal if you know the room's not cleared or whatever and when you go before it's open you wait in line to get in like you do any other convention i thought this was really abnormal maybe it's just kind of working out the kinks i have gone to wizard world chicago every year since 2000 and one time before that and i never pre-bought tickets i always go and have to stand in line to get tickets and maybe a half an hour and that's a much bigger convention than this i think what happened was they just didn't have the staff to handle all the tickets that needed to be looked up and handed out yikes hopefully lesson learned huh Yeah, because they've already announced they're doing this next year. They're doing it a little bit later. They're doing it in April. We did only stay one day. We talked about staying two, but we had a major, major snowstorm in the Midwest, and it was coming down the second day of Wizard World. There was 20 inches of snow. Wow. Yeah, I'm not kidding. We we had feet of snow. (laughs) But the worst part of it wasn't just the line. The convention was in one room of this giant America Center. One big room, but one room. Now, right next door in another big room was a tween dance competition. It was the Spirit Smackdown. Yeah. (laughs) So there was prostitutes, as I call them, running around. Little girls who looked like whores with ungodly amounts of makeup on. And I don't know who was more afraid of whom. The geeks or the prostitutes were both looking at each other with revulsion and horror. And they both had equal amounts of makeup. They did. (laughs) Those were the cosplayers. I was on the elevator in the parking garage taking some purchases back to the car, and there was one dance girl. She's probably 12 or 13. She was cowering in the corner from me and this other couple who had obviously been at the convention like we were going to attack her or something. (laughs) Were you looking at her angry? No, actually, we were talking about Stan Lee, and she was, like, clutching her bag and is like a little old lady when they see people walking down the street by them. She was terrified. (laughs) That just seems like some event planner has some uh, a decent sense of humor to plan those. Our contractor told us about how he went to a real estate seminar in the same building as a Star Trek convention, and so they were walking out of their seminar and had to get into an elevator with a bunch of Klingons yelling, Kapla! (laughs) 
But the problem was, since we were only in one room, understand the logistics of this. The entire line had to go through this ticketing area, which was right inside the doors. And then from the ticketing area, you got to the exhibit floor. The exhibit floor had everything. The booths of all the vendors, the autograph area, the photo op area, all in this big hall. And... It was just a quagmire to get in and get out if you needed to go out for any reason because you had to navigate through this mass of people waiting for tickets. That doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot of fun. I mean, obviously the worst part of any con is is lines and crowds, and it sounds like you got a heap and helping of both. They just didn't have their lines laid out well, so the lines crossed is what happened. It's like Ghostbusters. Don't cross the lines. Streams. Streams, lines are all the same. You get the gist of what I was saying. (laughs) I will say it was a very small convention. I would say, having gone to all of these conventions, it's maybe a half to a third the size of the Chicago Wizard World. We did get in a little bit early. The main doors opened at 10. We were in there by 945. They let us in with the VIP access. And we did the entire show floor in under one hour. That was not power walking. That was stopping at every booth and looking to see what they had and going in and browsing and asking prices and looking at T-shirts and flipping through books at Artist Alley. And it took about... 55 minutes from one end to the other. And it was great because everyone else is still waiting in the line for their badge. <laughs> you guys got your own little preview night. It, it was fantastic. I could walk around and not bump into anybody. I didn't have to say, excuse me, I'm sorry. I didn't get hit with a stroller. I got ran into by a wheelchair at this convention because they were so crowded. Some guy ran up on my heels, you know, like, you know, you do with the shopping cart. He did apologize, though. That was later on after everyone yeah. was in. You see, we did have to then navigate the floor afterwards because I did a couple events, and one was the Stanley photo op, which came right after the Stanley meet and greet. So I had to leave this area to the meet and greet room and then go back in through this area, through the crowds at peak time, right around one o'clock in the afternoon was when finally most of the people had gotten in. The line to get in was pretty small. I'm honestly surprised the fire marshal didn't close it down for too many people in there at the peak because it was wall to wall people and trying to get from the front of the con at the entrance to the back where the photo ops were was insane. There were so many people. But right after the photo op, like right about three o'clock, it's like somebody flushed the handle and everybody left again. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's the only time. Three o'clock is when the lines seem to have switched, and instead of a mass entrance, it was a mass exodus. <laughs> that seems a little strange. Maybe somebody started a rumor. <laughs> Maybe somebody's giving out free comic books in the parking lot or something. No, I think it's... Even with the crowds, it would have taken at most two hours for people to go through the whole thing. And so by the time three o'clock had come, unless you had a ticketed event, there was nothing left for you to do. Yikes. It sounds kind of like what happens if you stay at Comic-Con, you know, all four days and late Sunday afternoon. It's like, yeah, I've kind of been here, seen all this. Yeah, by Sunday, you're just kind of walking around like a zombie on Sunday in (laughs) Comic-Con. We did have some good purchases and some good experiences at this con, though. I have to say, going through, there were a lot of Marvel items, not a ton of stuff that I hadn't seen before, but one booth had two items I didn't even know existed, and so I had to have them immediately. Of course you did. (laughs) Wouldn't have it any other way. First was a Diamond Select Dr. Octopus with Spider-Man in his tentacles. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's one of those older Diamond Selects that has never been reproduced, and the guy was asking 60 for it, and it goes for about 60 to 70 on eBay. I did look up prices from the con before doing any purchasing. So maybe we can expect this one to be re-released in the next six months now? I don't think so, because talking to Zach, he said that a lot of the molds of some of these older ones that they haven't re-released just didn't survive. And so there's this weird era of earlier ones like the Watcher. He said some of the more fragile ones like the Watcher with his big head. And I'm wondering if it also means Dr. Octopus with his tentacles won't be re-released because the molds didn't survive. And then also I read the Ask Diamond Select Toys Q&As and some of these older ones also that they haven't re-released. They just weren't happy with the first time around. And so they're hoping to do better the next time. Oh, that's cool. And then at the same booth, you remember when we did the toys 
in Weird Places show with Jerry and you, and we talked about all the weird toys we were finding, and I found this little antique store a little bit south of where I live, and I picked up that big Spider-Man, and I also picked up the old Toy Biz Marvel Masterworks cover reproductions, and they had the Spider-Man being hung from the Goblin Glider by the Green Goblin. They had the Fantastic Four versus the Mole Man's big monster from Fantastic Four number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never knew there was more to that series, and here I was looking at a third entry in that series, the Fantastic Four versus Galactus. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it was a really nice recreation. I'm guessing it came later because you know how I I know for a fact that the two that I bought in that antique store sat around on my Toys R Us for a couple of years because I looked at them and I'm like, oh, those look nice, but I'm not going to buy them. I never saw any more. I'm guessing this was a third release that just didn't see the wide release of its much cheaper brothers. He wanted 150 bucks for it. Yee. And I checked eBay, and that is not a price he shouldn't expect to get. They would go for shipped 120 to 180 So, of course, it came home with you, right? We negotiated. We? I sent you with money, and you negotiated. There you go. <laughs> I got them both for 160 Wow, that is some negotiations. I send the woman with the boobs. <laughs> and a Modoc shirt. <laughs> I mean, neither of these things were things that I didn't know about and didn't collect, like totally new lines, but items in lines that I do collect and just didn't know of these entries. And so this is the kind of thing that I love about toy shows and cons is when you find something like this. And we did do our eBay homework and got a really good price, didn't have to pay any shipping, and got to carry it home with us carefully. Those are some of the best finds. Like you say, when you find something that you didn't know existed in a line that you already collect, that's fun takes you back. (laughs) We also saw, and I saw this at Toy Man, too. I don't know why these things are suddenly showing up. A whole bunch of Secret Wars stuff from the 80s, including Doctor Doom's Tower again. And the people were nice enough to open it up, and I found that guns were missing and the holograms were missing and all of it, so I didn't end up buying it. But that thing seems to suddenly be popping up in St. Louis. Weird. And then we ended up spending some time in Artist Alley. I picked up a lot of prints. Spider-Man in Times Square and some other stuff. I picked up some art and I've been really resisting this My Little Pony thing because I don't want to get into this. I just love the colors and I love their eyes. I think they're gorgeous and they're, they're, they're just so pretty. Well, I found an artist who was doing pony style of things. So I've got a Wolverine and a Thor. And they look like Thor. They're not into ponies, but they're in the pony art style. And they've got big eyes and bright colors. And they're so cute. I got those. And then Arnie picked up something as well. Artist Michael Golden was there. And if you don't know him, he's a longtime comic book artist. And he's worked on a ton of Marvel stuff, 80s, 90s. And he was the artist who, with Chris Claremont, co-created Rogue. And so I got a rogue sketch cover commission from him. Nice. Yeah, he it's really well done. He inked it and penciled it. And I'd arranged for it in advance because I knew this guy was going to get booked up. And it was what kept us there till about 6 o'clock on Saturday is because he had a long list of commissions, but he knew that he had to get to mine on Saturday. And I was really... I was honestly expecting the worst because Rogue in her first appearance didn't look all that good. It had a very sharp features. And then knowing that he was trying to get to mine, I was afraid it would be rushed. And I was afraid I'd end up looking at it and be like, eh, all right, well, it's by that guy. But the way it was done, he did a more, I asked for an 80s Rogue because that's when he created her. But he did the long hair, the more round face, the coat, and really inked the living hell out of it and just looks gorgeous. I was shocked. How big of a piece did you get? I ended up getting it on one of those blank comic covers for X-Men number one. That's kind of my thing is as we go down to Star Clipper down in St. Louis, it's the only good comic book store in driving distance, if you call four hours round trip driving distance. And when the number ones came out for Marvel Now, they had all these blank variant covers that you could get sketches on. So I have a stack of blank covers to give to these artists at the cons. So I gave them an X-Men number one. So it's exactly comic book size so I can get a comic book frame. Oh, that's that's cool. And that way I also have a consistency as I get these sketches that they'll all be the same size and I can get characters on the covers for what they're known for. Yeah, using it for its intended purpose. How novel. (laughs) 
Yeah, I bought so many blank covers, the guy at Star Clipper thought I was an artist. I'm like, dude, I can't even do a stick figure straight. (laughs) (laughs) I'll blow through all of these trying to get one. (laughs) So really, it was a good purchasing experience, some good shopping. We didn't come home with the car loaded up like we have from some cons and toy shows, but we got some nice things. But the highlight of the con has to be Stanley. Oh my gosh. I had so much fun and I thought this would be kind of boring and I was going with you because I had Stanley and you know, I was going to go support you. Maybe we we're going to get the photo and you were going to get an autograph. I had no idea how entertaining he would be. I'm glad you enjoyed it because if I'd known you were just coming along for the ride, I wouldn't have spent $200 for your ticket. I know. I thought he would be mildly amusing, but I did not know he'd be like this. You're saying he still has all of his faculties. He does. And he is witty and quick and so funny. We got there a little bit early, not knowing what to expect. And we'd already done the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And we ended up being fourth in line to get in. And we waited there for maybe 45 minutes and got in. We had a front row seat. I'd say maybe at most there were 100 people in the thing. And it was being hosted by the diffuser. He's there to diffuse any bad situations that may come up. Uh, We may need him on our team. The cooler, (laughs) the diffuser, and the enabler. Now, did you ever watch Who Wants to Be a Superhero, that reality show that Stan Lee did? Oh, yeah. We watched the first season with Fat Mama. It was a fun show. Didn't even know about the second season until it was halfway done and they never re-ran it, so I never saw it. But apparently the Diffuser won, and what he won is he's now part of Stan Lee's entourage going with him to all these cons and being an MC. However, he still has a day job. Yes, yes. (laughs) Diffusing doesn't pay all that well. It doesn't, no. (laughs) So he was doing the moderating, and every single person who bought a ticket got to ask a question of Stan Lee, which I was not expecting. Otherwise, I would have had something prepared. Yeah, I was completely unprepared for that. I'm like, crap, think. And then they started, like, right near us, so we're, like, the fourth people in. I'm like, uh, pressure. I was the the second question. You were the third. (laughs) So do you, like stuff (laughs) you remember that time you're at the comic book and there's spider-man that was cool that was cool i ended up asking what his favorite cameo was and i think he has a stock answer because i remember seeing him at a panel previously and he was asked what his favorite cameo was he's like the avengers you haven't seen it yet and then when spider-man was coming out after avengers what was your favorite cameo the amazing spider-man it's my best yet well what's his favorite cameo right now Iron Man 3. Of course. (laughs) Well, he's a good marketer, if nothing else. Well, he is, and it was very adorable because he sat down and he goes, I don't hear all that well. And so the diffuser was like the translator, and you would ask a question, and the diffuser would lean over right next to his ear and go, he asked what your favorite cameo was. And after every question, he would state the level of hearing he had of that. Somebody had a big booming voice. I heard that one. And somebody else was a real low talker. I didn't make out a word. It was so (laughs) funny, though. And sometimes he'd hear bits and pieces and get it totally messed up. I asked what was the weirdest thing he's ever signed. And he he has been asked to sign female body parts. And some guys get autographs on their arms or wherever and then get it tattooed, which he didn't get. But I totally get. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get, but I get it. (laughs) Yeah, that's... That would be pretty cool. I get that, too. He ended up doing the autographing during the Q&A because who would have thought Stan Lee to be long-winded? <laughs> it was supposed to be a quick Q&A, and then he'd autograph things and take photos. But by about the 40-minute mark, his other assistant realized we're never getting out of here and he has other things scheduled. So they started collecting our items and getting them signed. And I got two items signed there. I was real happy with, I got an amazing Spider-Man 638, which who cares? It was by Joe Casada though. And they did a fan expo Canada special cover that had Spider-Man holding Stan Lee in the amazing fantasy 15 pose. And it was just pure white intended to get Stan Lee's autograph on at that con. So 
I got one of those because it had him on it. And then I also have the limited edition Stanley tribute book from Spider-Man's 50th anniversary. They only printed 1,500 of them, and it has a reprint of Amazing Fantasy 15, just the Spider-Man story from it, on old-timey comic book paper. So it's yellowed like a real Amazing Fantasy would. And so I got him to sign the cover of that. Oh, that's that's cool. It sounds like uh, Stan Lee needs to pace himself, and somebody has to remind him it's just the beginning of con season. <laughs> he is scheduled for every Wizard World. And I will say, this meet and greet was really expensive, but after all the autographs, then he did take photos with each of us. Each person got a photo with your own camera in front of the Wizard World banner. Between the Q&A, the close proximity, I mean, you know how it is at Comic-Con and Hall H, where if you want a question, people are sprinting and trampling over each other, and like it's a drop of water in the desert, and then only five people get a question answered. It's really expensive, but if there's a star you care about, about doing one of these VIP Q&A meet and greets, I highly, highly suggest splurging on yourself. It will be a memory that is the best of your con. I love how your picture of Stan Lee tells a little story in and of itself, because you can tell that it, like just the right moment, you popped open your shirt to reveal your Spider-Man shirt. <laughs> Actually, that's a different picture. The picture that we took with our camera was in front of the banner. I then went to the photo op, which was separate. It was a spur-of-the-moment purchase. I kind of thought there was no way a photo with our camera without professional lighting and everything would really be that good. Turned out to be the better one. (laughs) And I ended up paying to go for the photo op, which was professionally done. Yeah, it looks like an Olin Mills portrait with the... (laughs) It does, doesn't it? ...watercolor background. He looks like he got his picture taken with his grandpa. (laughs) <laughs> it really does. I'm going to Photoshop that with you and Stan Lee, and then I'm going to put you looking off into the distance, kind of fading out <laughs> up above it. <laughs> well, well, this company goes con to con and takes your photos, and then you can you pay for the photo, and for Stan Lee, it was about $80, and that gets you one print. If you want a second print, it's $15. Or if you want to be able to download a JPEG of it two weeks later, it's $15. And I ended up doing this wanting a nice photo, but my God, I would never, ever do this again. First of all, it's literally like an assembly line. There's one guy with a camera, and he goes, Next! And you step in, and they go, you, you, Stan Lee doesn't even look at you. He doesn't say a word. He's sitting on a chair, because he's... Old. I imagine not all people would be sitting in a chair, but he's sitting down and you're just supposed to stand next to the chair and they go, smile, and you smile. And then they look at the digital picture and they go, good, and you leave. And it's, it's reminds me of like World War II Nazi prison videos. Nine! Shine! Dang! That's kind of how it felt. <laughs> but you got your picture with Stan the man. That's I did. All that counts. I did, but. If you're going in there and even hoping to shake the man's hand or even have him say hello, you're in the wrong thing. It might as well have been a cardboard standee of Stan Lee. A cardboard Stan Lee. <laughs> Stan lee <Lee-dee. laughs> I mean, there was zero interaction. I've gone to a lot of conventions in my day, and there are horror cons where, like, the guests will pose with you and pretend to be killing you. Honestly, you got a much better photo for $10 with the guy from the Human Centipede 2. Yeah, where he was trying to staple my face, and that was 10 bucks. <laughs> well, the bigger the fish, the bigger the cost, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, I've seen pictures of Robert Englund, who plays Freddy Krueger, or some of the great horror directors, John Carpenter, who's a big name. These people say, how do you want to do this one? And you get photographers who are very interactive and help create scenes and have props that you compose with. And this was literally in, look, out. And Stan Lee, I mean, I don't know if he had earbuds in and was listening to a book on tape, but he was completely blissfully unaware of the assembly line going on around him. Yeah, I can see for 80 bucks wanting a little bit of interaction. I mean, if you hadn't had the opportunity to get your other photo taken with him and ask a question, I bet you would have felt a little bit ripped off at that price. Yeah, the guys behind me in line were like saying how they're looking forward to telling Stan Lee how much he's meant to them. They were really young kids, like in their teens or early, early 20s, and saying how they've grown up reading the comics. And yeah, they didn't get to say a word, not a word. They were talking about fun poses they might do. Yeah, no posing. (laughs) 
that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, I again, if it hadn't been for the meet and greet, I would have felt ripped off. And in the end, I did end up doing the photo op with the shirt open for the Spider-Man logo. I did the other one with the shirt button, so I looked a little bit less fanboyish. <laughs> well, the one with the shirt open just screams to be put in a brandy glass and classed up. <laughs> You ever seen that Saturday Night Live where they're putting people's pictures in brandy or mm-hmm. wine glasses? Mm-hmm. So I would suggest avoiding this company for photo ops. I would never do a photo op at a Wizard World, but I would definitely do a meet and greet. And in fact, we're talking about going to Wizard World in August in Chicago or in a, and or in October in Nashville. And he's doing meet and greets at both. So Marjorie has said she'd like to go again. He was fun. He really was entertaining. I... Didn't have low expectations, I guess, but I really wasn't sure what to expect. And I'm so glad we did it. And I'm glad that you got a chance to do it because I think that was a hell of a lot more interaction than you wanted versus that photo op. Yeah. And it's also just one of those things where I think we're a bit jaded. I remember when we first went to San Diego Comic-Con, what I wanted to see were the celebrities and wanted to get into Hall H and be like, it's Ridley Scott talking about Blade Runner. It's Kevin Smith talking about Clerks. Oh, my God, it's Sean Young. But I've gotten to the point now where when we went to Comic-Con last year and we sat through the Iron Man panel and we sat through the Amazing Spider-Man panel, the footage was the best part. And I'm kind of tired of hearing celebrities say the same things over and over again. So I think being paneled out after a decade of going to conventions, maybe you were expecting the worst. And this wasn't like that, though. This wasn't a prepared, canned thing. And he was really funny and really witty. And, I mean, it was just a great, great time. I Now his grandkids probably think otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like, for being such a close proximity to you, that it was a little bit better than you might have hoped. Definitely. I think the Stanley meet and greet made a lot, added a lot to it. There weren't too many other celebrities there. I think the next biggest one was... Henry Winkler? Yeah, Henry Winkler had quite a line. Billy D. Williams had no line. No, and then the guy from Buffy. I always get him confused with Cyclops. Yeah, James Marsters or James Marsden, whichever one isn't Cyclops was there. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and Dean Kane was there. I didn't get a looky-loo at him. I didn't see how well he held up or anything. Pretty well. Okay. He has a full beard now. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Is he relevant again, or is he still... Oh, no. No, 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 no. If they were relevant, (laughs) they wouldn't be at Wizard World. (laughs) (laughs) But they are doing it again next year. This is the kickoff of con season for us now. C2E2 is just about a month away, and we are looking forward to that. It's less than a month away. Scare you. There you go. Boo. I'm hoping that maybe old man Logan will show up at the Marvel booth the way we had Dr. Doom show up at the Marvel booth a couple years ago. That would be nice. We still haven't heard hide nor hair on that. No. So far, not a whole lot in the way of multimedia guests for that, especially looking at Marvel. The closest we have is Ron Perlman, who has a Marvel tie for being a minor character in Blade 2. Or Brian Posehn, who, yeah, he writes Deadpool, whatever. He was the preacher in Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Damn straight. (laughs) So you should get the autograph on your Fantastic Four Blu-ray so that when Jessica Alba is having to do conventions when she's old and wrinkly. Don't think I'm not tempted to get Hellboy to sign Blade 2 and Patton Oswalt to sign Blade 3, because whenever Wesley gets out of prison, I know he's hitting the con circuit. I am seriously tempted to get Ron Perlman to sign Hellboy just because I like Hellboy. (laughs) And really, let's face it, Ron Perlman is fascinating to look at. The man's not attractive, he but he's weird. He is a weird, strangely chiseled person. Exactly. <laughs> he was the beast back in that late 80s show of Beauty and the Beast, right? Yes, yep. he was. Yep. All right. He's still a beast. <laughs> Everybody else will have Hellboy and Sons of Anarchy. Here I'm standing with Blade 2. <laughs> the only one. But we will be reporting from that. But why don't we get into some store buys with... The Spectacular Store Report. Well, I bought the Avengers on Blu-ray last week. Again? Still. (laughs) (laughs) So remind me of the 
the situation here. I remember we originally had the briefcase thing coming out, and then there was some snafu about not having the proper license for the briefcase. They pulled the whole thing back, right? Yes, and that Avengers set is coming out this Tuesday. All right. Yesterday for the listeners, but two days from now for us. But I bought the Avengers last week. Wait, what? (laughs) Remember how when the Avengers came out, I got the Walmart set with its exclusive and the Target set with its exclusive and all those various exclusives around? And then Amazon sent me a free copy because I pre-ordered the Blu-ray, the Avengers box set that got delayed. But there was one set I decided I wasn't going to get. I was standing my ground, damn it. I was not buying that Best Buy box set because it was $70 for an illuminated box. And a lithograph. And a comic book. Correct. <laughs> How you keep all this stuff straight is beyond me. Like, somebody had a steel book one, too, right? And that was Best Buy as well, and I passed on it. Well, I was browsing over at the website slickdeals.net. I highly recommend it for penny pinchers, like myself. There's no penny pinching and collecting. <laughs> this Avengers box set was no longer available online, but I think they realized they're still sitting on them. I know ours had one just a few weeks ago. They needed to sell these damn things before the Avengers big briefcase set came, so they marked this set down from $70 to $19.99. Now get wow. this. In it is a $30 Sideshow gift card. Whoa. So it's like free money. Yeah. I ended up breaking dead even because the closest Best Buy that still had one in stock was an hour away. And so I I did the math and I went, okay, an hour there and an hour back. That's two hours of my time plus miles on my car plus gas. Or somebody bought it at Best Buy for $20 and put it up on eBay for a buy it now of 30 shipped. Buy it now. I've already used that Sideshow gift card and broken dead even. So I got a free Best Buy set and saved 30 bucks at Sideshow. Nice. So check your Best Buy stores. Ours sold out the first day of the sale, but I know from checking bestbuy.com that there are stores in the area that still have these. They're still $19.99. This is the four-disc box set with the 3D Blu-ray, the Blu-ray, the DVD, and the digital copy. You can't beat that for 19 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah, the illuminated case it comes in, really nice. The lithograph... Well, it's the poster art of all the Avengers. It comes with the Marvel Encyclopedia of Avengers, so it has all these Avengers. Did you know, Justin, that there was a Thor girl? I did not. Me either, but this encyclopedia tells me there is. (laughs) Her name's Thor girl? Thor girl. That just seems lazy. Yeah. (laughs) This is just kind of bad. So, to get all of that for $19.99 made me pretty happy, but... The Phase 1 set is shipping soon, finally, and IGN put up an unboxing video. So I've gotten to see all of the inserts, and somebody posted on our Facebook wall that they saw this unboxing and canceled their pre-order. What was so egregious? They said the briefcase looked cheap. Well, it does, yes. Yeah, I don't know exactly what is expected for a $150 box set, which... I want to say shipped yesterday when people are listening to this. We're recording over the weekend ahead of time. How much does a real briefcase cost? I don't know. Why don't you ask my dad? (laughs) 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 I just wondered if it was comparative. I don't know if anybody actually ever buys a briefcase. The only time you ever have a briefcase is because you're transporting lots of money or something important, and that's just something an assistant had picked up at some point. Or Marcellus Wallace's soul. Exactly. I returned it, though. (laughs) I mean, what you're paying for here is the fact that you're getting six movies you already own and a bonus disc with some preview footage from Iron Man 3, and then just a ton of tchotchke stuff, like a tesseract that lights up when you hit it on the bottom. The briefcase, what I would compare it to based on the IGN video, is the Blade Runner briefcase set that came out a few years ago when they had five different versions of Blade Runner on a Blu-ray set. I mean, it's a little plastic briefcase. It looks nothing at all like the copyrighted one, though. They really moved the entire other direction. It's still silver. But it's a silver lunchbox. And it has little lights in it and things. But the top, when they pulled out the Tesseract, you could see the top is just like a cheap cardboard. It's not actual circuitry that you can arm and disarm. I guess that's disappointing. I would expect if FX Collectibles came out with this briefcase, it would cost $500 and be correctly sized and nice metal. But for a 
box in which I will store Blu-rays, I think this is adequate. Probably helps in shipping, too. Like, I can't imagine how how often something like this would be stopped and inspected through UPS and FedEx and <laughs> the Postal Service. Like, what the hell is in this briefcase? Now it's just, oh, it's kind of cardboardy. Okay. But it looks like a mini briefcase. It's small, yeah. It's like a child's briefcase. Or a lunchbox. Yeah. it's. A, I don't know you could put a lunch in it, though. It's pretty thin. It's made a sandwich. Yeah, a sandwich. But no thermos is what no. I'm thinking. But, yeah, we'll have a review for this on an upcoming show because... I will definitely want to talk about it hands-on, but looking at this video, it looks like all of the inserts are pretty much that stuff you pick up at Comic-Con that you're so excited for when you're at Comic-Con, and then you get home and go, what am I going to do with this? And tiny. (laughs) They also look tiny. Yeah, the file folders aren't full-size. Thor's driver's license was kind of amusing, because Chris Hemsworth just either looks drunk or happy to be here. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to know how much of that was compromised. You know, did we ever actually know how big the original design was? Was it a full size originally? Or were we going to be disappointed that that showed up and it was shrunk down? I'm sure it was this size. I mean, retail space being what it is, you're not going to have a full briefcase, especially since it was initially a little cheaper. It was going to be a small plastic replica. It was not going to be a one-to-one scale prop. Yeah. Although I can keep hoping, is Amazon having an anniversary? Maybe Nick Fury will deliver this to my door the way Harrison Ford delivered some of those Star Wars DVDs. (laughs) Well, just invite Sam Jackson to be in your movie. I'm sure he'll show up. He's in everything. (laughs) But it's easy to get excited for the Avengers on Blu-ray again. I mean, Iron Man 3, about four weeks left. Yeah, we're getting pretty close. We're getting pretty close to that. And the, the sad thing is, is that I don't feel like the toy shelves are very indicative of that same excitement for a new movie coming out. And I know we I know we talked about it before in the in the previous episodes, but you know, running around to these stores out there, there's not a whole lot to be had. But we did complain a little bit about how they were sending out some of these revision cases that weren't necessarily all that useful to us longtime collectors. But I have been seeing a little bit of a a bright spot out there because I've seen some remnants of the wave 20 case out there. So if you're still looking for professor X or Jubilee or blast star, those are starting to ship again. I even saw the, the variant translucent arm version of blast star. Now I did see some of these at Meyer of all places. For some reason, Meyer is the only one who's been getting MU figures in. And as we say, every time we mention Meyer, that's a Midwest grocery chain that's similar in some ways to a super Walmart. It's not Fred Meyer. No. Well, they think they're classier, but they're not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, outside of, outside of that and seeing some of the team packs hit the shelves, there's not a whole heck of a lot going on out there other than the stuff that was put out during those resets a month ago. A lot of replenishment on that stuff. Yeah, Target had a big sale last week on all of their Iron Man stuff. That's never a good sign when the sales are coming that early. But I was torn because the micro mugs were on sale, and I don't know if Wave 2 is hit yet. (laughs) Do I want to get burned again? I ended up not buying any. I told you I'm a penny pincher. (laughs) Well, in your defense, it wasn't that great of a sale. I think it was like $2.84 instead of $2.99. Well, yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> but the the six inch figures i think were pretty well priced i think they were down to like 11.99 too bad there was nothing really out there to buy yeah i'm now seeing those six inch figures everywhere chris picked them up for me in mid-february and i hadn't seen them in stores at that point but now toys r us target both have them yeah they've been they've been pretty easy to find so you know if you've not gotten those yet but you're keeping your eye on them you know, I don't think there's any huge rush, but, you know, keep your eye out for sales. You might be able to get them cheaper than the standard $15 that everybody's asking for them. So since stores are kind of boring, online we have... Sales to Astonish! A while ago we told you about artist J.K. Woodward, who had lost everything in Sandy in the flooding that ensued. He's decided to move to California, get out of the hurricane path, and he has put up some limited edition art prints to help finance his move. Because remember, he lost everything in this flood, in the hurricane, in Sandy. He's got a few Marvel prints up. First one he's got is 
Scarlet versus Kane. It's a nice color print with a lot of action in the background. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, Scarlet Spider in his blue hoodie is a character that there are a huge contingent of fans for, but coming in that controversial clone saga in the 90s, there's not a whole lot of art out there for him. Kane, being the current Scarlet Spider, has a bit more. This is kind of a really cool print. The colors of it, I love what he did with the sky of it, too. Yeah, that's really great. He's also got one titled Aerial Battle, which features Wolverine battling Archangel. This is more what I equate with Woodward's style being all primarily gray tones. I've had him do a couple commissions for me, and he's big on use of black and gray with splotches of color for accent. And so when I see something like this, this is more what I think of him. And I love the facial expressions on the two and how it looks like Archangel's grabbing Wolverine by the chin. Yeah, it's pretty an intense print. Now, here's the key with these. The previous prints we talked about that he did after he lost everything in Sandy, they were prints he'd had available before and he was making a special deal. Here, these prints are $15 a piece shipped, but... He is only doing these prints for a two-week period. After that, he's retiring these prints. And so both of these were cool. And I'll admit that if these weren't so limited, I probably would have picked up the Scarlet Spider versus Kane and been like, maybe sometime I'll pick up that Archangel Wolverine. But because it's supporting an artist who I really like and just a really nice guy on Twitter, he's also the one who ran the auction for Peter David after his stroke to raise funds for the David family. I picked up those and his Star Wars print more to help him out than anything else. He also has some other prints for other fandoms, Batman, Star Trek, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Plus, he's currently pretty known for his Star Trek and the Star Trek The Next Generation Doctor Who crossover comics, which he was the artist for. And so there's a couple nice Doctor Who Star Trek crossover pieces. We'll have a link to this from MarveliciousToys.com, or you can just go to jkwoodwardart.blogspot.com. And when you hear this, there'll be just a few days left to get these prints, so head over there quickly. So a couple weeks ago, Hot Toys put up for pre-order the Iron Man Mark 42 Power Pose. And we talked about it on here, and it wasn't all that, nor a bag of chips. <laughs> Didn't even come with any dip. I feel very good that I held off purchasing it, because now a lot of news has leaked out of Hot Toys about future Iron Man collectibles they're doing in their movie Masterpiece series, which is the highly detailed, highly articulated version we wanted. It looks like they're doing... Not only a Mark 42 and an Iron Patriot, but also an Iron Man 2 whiplash from the end of the movie in his big-ass armor. Yes. Finally. Now, they keep really, really making it hard to follow what exactly is going on with this line. First, they came out with the power poses, yes, which we weren't entirely sure about. And now they're coming out with some that are die-cast, but they're in the movie Masters line. Yep. Correct? Yep. It is still the movie masterpiece series, but now there is the die cast movie masterpiece series. And the first one they already put up for pre-order was Iron Patriots. <sighs> so that are are we assuming that's going to be the only way to get a movie masterpiece? Iron Patriot is a die cast version, not going to come out with a regular all plastic version. That is my assumption is, I mean, when we were talking a few weeks ago about all these Iron Man 3 collectibles coming out, it's like, oh my God, how many different companies th are making anywhere between 6-inch and 18-inch Iron Man collectibles? And we're like, but this one is die-cast, and this one is not, and this one's 90% die-cast. I think this is the latest upgrade in the movie Masterpiece series. It seems like every Iron Man movie... Hot Toys takes a step forward because the Iron Man 1 movie Hot Toys were good. They weren't great, but they were good. The head sculpts were nice, but they were a little bit too short. They were a little bit not detailed enough and a little bit fragile. Iron Man 2 comes along. All of a sudden, it's blow my pants off amazing. It's head sculpts that look like they're stealing souls. Highly articulated, highly detailed to the point that they redo the Mark 1 and Mark 2 with the new scale and the new detail. Now it seems Iron Man 3, the next step is to provide the articulation and the sculpts and the paint, but to make it die cast. I, I, 
I can follow that. You know, my my only problem or my only question, I guess, is is how is that going to affect the price? I was worried. I was very, very worried. It did impact the price, but not as much as I'd feared. The Iron Patriot diecast version is 310. The not horribly. The standard Iron Man has gone from 220 to 250. So it upped the price about a fifth. That's not horrible. I think I can live with that. My real hope though is all of these hot toys we've gotten in plastic are so scratch prone. You look at them and that high gloss paint scratches on that soft soft plastic. If I'm paying 50 bucks more, but I'm going to get one that's slightly more durable, I will be very happy. Well, you go from scratch prone to ding prone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, plastic sure it'll scratch off easier, but on metal it's just going to chip off if, <laughs> if you damage it. <laughs> yeah, but I grew up with Hot Wheels, and they kept their paint pretty good, and I didn't take care of them. They did not keep their paint pretty good. I don't know what alternate reality you live in, but my brother's Matchbox cars always had scratches and dings, and the paint always got dull. My my, my Matchbox, you know, I wouldn't put them on display. I'll say that. <laughs> I wonder how much of these are going to be die cast. I can't imagine every piece of armor is going to be cast in, in metal. That'd make a really heavy piece. I don't know. They are very cagey about the amount that has been released. All it says is, contains die-cast material. <laughs> so the rings around the arc reactors are real metal. Everything else is the same. 50 extra dollars, please. It does keep a lot of detail, though. This Iron Patriot does come with a very realistic-looking Don Cheadle alternate head. It has the 36 points of articulation, the light-up features, three pairs of hands. So... You get everything that you expect from an MMS hot toy with this. And the price, it's not so high as to completely scare me away. And I'm so, so glad because the rumors now leaked photos of a prototype of the Mark 42 coming in the diecast line, which means I totally never, ever need the power pose. What what caught my eye the most with this Iron Patriot, other than the fact that I'll be ordering it as soon as it's ready for pre-order, it's up. is that oh nice, well that I'll be ordering it now. <laughs> um, is that they did show a little bit of his back, and I think our our questioning of Hasbro's access to the the material before making their figures might have been a little sketchy because even here, you know, Hot Toys has more detail going on 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 his back than than Hasbro ever cared to put into it. Whether they made a choice to skip that type of detail in the paint or they just didn't know. <laughs> but I get the feeling that, that, you know, they just didn't have full access to this suit when they were sculpting up and making the paint apps. Or they had full access to the suit and just didn't care. <laughs> I'm trying to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. My question is, at $300 a piece, do you want all 42 armors? <laughs> Want or can afford? Two different questions. Man, if they if they stretch it out over the next twenty years, <laughs> <laughs> since I I would say since Hasbro just punked out on us the way they did for Iron Man three, I would do it. I would do it. Let's see, three hundred times forty two. It's only twelve thousand six hundred dollars. Do I need to get a second job? When you put it like that, you know, sure, just go get a small. Small loan from your local bank. Yeah, can you imagine that conversation? Flex pay. Justin, flex pay. <laughs> but you could even use these as collateral because they're all going to go up in value. True. I don't know. That Mark 27 might go down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping in the movie to find out that Mark's like 19 through 38 were flubs. They all look the same, but they were... <laughs> They won't do it. I mean, we've already seen certain hot toys don't sell out and end up getting discounted. Poor, poor Odin and Abigail Whistler and even Black Spider-Man is right now in Sideshow's March Madness of discounts. Yeah, but all of those have in common the fact that none of them are Iron Man suits. 
True. You know, every <laughs> every Iron Man suit has been very, very hard to come by if you didn't get it initially. The War Machine special variant that we call War Machine did go down in price. It was discounted. Right. And I was kind of getting to the point I was about to make is that if they were to over over ship these and overproduce Iron Man, some of the luster would fall off of these and you would probably see the the market bottom out on them yeah they're they're cagey they're smart they're not going to give me the heartbreaker armor and the heavy lifting armor and all of those different armors they they're smarter than that to know that people just will stop buying them at some point but god how i'd love to have that comic book hall of armor that you see that's like standing 10 high and eight wide with hot toys And who's to say they might not pick a handful of them, you know, two or three of them. I mean, we're just now getting whiplash from Iron Man 2. So in two or three years, maybe maybe fan outcry for the heavy lifting armor, Hulkbuster armor will be so much that they come out with that. I'm just really interested to find out more about the die cast ability. And it's going to be a totally new type of hot toy when it ships in November or more realistically, Valentine's Day. It'll be this time next year when we're opening it up and discussing it. (laughs) Hey, remember last year when we were talking about Iron Man 3? (laughs) (laughs) Gardens of the Galaxy is almost in theaters. And here we are getting our... (laughs) My Rocket Raccoon hot toys (laughs) pre-ordered. You get Groot. Oh yeah, you get you get a sapling that you can actually plant. <laughs> the whiplash though, I've got to say the preview photos that have been posted to Facebook by Hot Toys, that looks like one bad mofo. Yeah, he'll he'll rival Ironmonger in detail, maybe even surpass him in detail. I mean, that that armor is just jam-packed with little little bits of armor everywhere. I'll be happy if he just doesn't surpass Ironmonger in price. Yeah. It would be awesome. It's also going to be interesting to see what scale he is. Because remember in the movie, it was hard to get a sense of his scale. I'm thinking he's going to be around Ironmonger size, maybe a little smaller. But he was he was towering over them in that armor at the end. Yeah. And that makes me think they never made any hammer drones in the Hot Toys line. But if you get Whiplash, I could see some hammer drones maybe someday. I can hope. So now we're up to well over 60 unique Iron Man armor designs. Well, the hammer drones, you'd need at least, what, six of each to recreate the scene. And then you have to have the Justin Hammer hot toy to stand there on the middle. And It's a must. I think what's happening is Hasbro has spurned me, and I'm on the rebound, and I'm ready to go have a wild hot fling with hot toys. Mistresses always are more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Justin, don't forget, and listeners don't forget, when pre-ordering Iron Patriot or any Sideshow item, please use the affiliate link from Marvelicious Toys. It does help support the show. Well, speaking of Iron Man and Iron Man 2 toys that were never made, I got a package in the mail this past week. Is that is that new? You get a package in the mail every week. Yeah, this is not news because the FedEx guy knows my name. <laughs> the UPS guy does, too. I'm kind of partial to the FedEx guy. He's really awesome. Well, this was USPS International from the UK. Ooh, I think I know what you got. I think you got a unmasked Tony Stark set. I did. The Iron Man Undercover Assault set. Now, Justin, I have to ask, did you trust your cooler and buy one on eBay when I said to about a month ago? Or did you think skeptically, oh, well, now that these are showing up in TK Maxx in the UK, that is actually what they call TJ Maxx over there. Thank you, listeners. There's no J in the British (laughs) language. Is that what it is? (laughs) They were brothers. They split up. Ah, okay. (laughs) That you thought it would show up in TJ Maxx here, but the price on these, I paid 60 bucks for my Iron Man undercover assault set. I bought at the sweet spot. They are now going for 150 Yeah. They shot right back up there, didn't they? I'm hoping I didn't put too much faith in your cooling ability, and I'm still holding out hope that they show up here at TJ Maxx because I did not pull the trigger at $60, and I'm kind of wishing I had. I'm wishing I'd bought two because my shipper did not do me a solid. He put it in a freaking envelope and shipped it. And as you might imagine, the box was not in very good condition. It was in okay condition. 
It was in, well, I only paid $60 for it condition, but it was not in the minty condition that this box deserved to be in because this is the single best packaging Hasbro has ever produced. That's a pretty bold statement, mister. You have the Iron Man and the War Machine with their interchangeable heads. It's not removable helmets where the helmets would be too big to fit over the human noggins. So you have interchangeable heads, but they're standing there with their masks off. And in the packaging, you have the helmets and the arms of the gantry are holding the helmets. Now, these are just little cardboard cutout gantry arms, but it recreates Tony Stark's entire lab in a backdrop and then has cut out gantry arms holding the helmets with Iron Man and War Machine standing there. It is awesome packaging. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Makes you wonder why this exclusive just never made its way to Target. It has the Target sticker on it is the funniest part. I mean, this was intended for Target. They just decided, nah, we're done with Iron Man. Well, if you think about it, Exclusives are entirely based on how well the last one sold, and those light-up Hall of Armor bases did get marked in the clearance rack. True. Very heavily reduced, too. I picked up a ton just for extra Hall of Armor bases. Not enough, because there's that one guy who has like 20 of them online, and now I'm jealous. But I picked up a few extras of the Hall of Armor bases when they were down around 4 or $5 a piece. So since those didn't fly off the shelves, maybe Target said we didn't want this set, but... That's a big disappointment because I couldn't believe you'd take such hot characters as Nick Fury and Black Widow. The only way to get Nick Fury was in the Toys R Us exclusive set. And the only way to get the unmasked figures here plus Black Widow is in this set. And we made do with the Black Widow in the Avengers set, but this is a totally different sculpt head to toe. It's a more proportionate Black Widow in that having now seen Scarlett Johansson in person. She's very diminutive. This is a shorter figure. It has the longer hair. It has the gray outfit, and they reused none of these parts on the Avengers figure. Interesting. That's That was going to be my main question for you is, you know, did they just pop a different head on the one that we end up getting for the Avengers figure? But, wow, that's a completely unique sculpt, huh? Yeah, head to toe. And, Justin, you'd be drooling over these articulation, double-hinged knees. You can do a ton of poses with her. I tried to recreate the definitive Black Widow Iron Man 2 pose where she's, like, splayed out and crouching, and I couldn't quite get that to work too well. Could you get the Avengers one with her butt really sticking out? The butt was bigger on the Avengers figure, I will say. (laughs) But this is a totally new... Black Widow comes with two guns, one of which I actually think is the little hydro spanner she uses to inject Tony Stark with his serum when they're in Randy's Donuts. Oh, yeah, that looks less like a gun and more like like that instrument, because otherwise it looks like kind of a floppy kind of like (laughs) useless gun. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that prop from the donut shop. (laughs) And... Then the removable head, Iron Man and War Machine, I'm pretty sure those are just the exact same bodies with new heads. We've already talked at length about the Don Cheadle head. It is the exact same head we've been getting from that questionable Chinese seller. (laughs) His products aren't that questionable. No. The Tony Stark head looks absolutely nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Like Robert Downey Jr., I think he looks a little Don Quixote-ish because he's got a very pointed chin. He's kind of like a skinny Joey Fatone. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, see, seeing closer up pictures of that Tony Stark head is what made me stop and rethink how much I was willing to pay for this pack. Because as cool as the whole concept of this thing is, and as much as I would love to have this and would happily pay $20 or $30 for it, over $60 or $70 for... uh, Eh, Tony Stark likeness was a little bit more than I cared to chew off. None of the likenesses are great. The Black Widow isn't any great shakes either. And you can't move her head because they've sculpted that hair all around her shoulders. But beyond that, I think it's a really good set. And for one that has never shipped in the U.S. to our knowledge... I was happy to pay 60 for it just because I'd wanted these figures since we saw them at Toy Fair in, what was that, 2010? Yeah. yeah. 
The only problem I have, and this is just probably my war machine, is it came with that stupid, stupid artillery belt again that you have to plug into his back and then plug into his gun. <laughs> and it's like the hole on his gun is a little bit too small. I could not get that in for anything without shaving it down, which I didn't feel like doing because it barely stays in anyway. Yeah, that, that particular accessory was a pain in the butt. A nice detail to keep in there. I appreciate it, but, man, they made it hard to to get on there because by the time you got one end in the other side popped out yeah took me back though back to my very first marvel collecting days of my adult life (laughs) iron man 2 is what sucked you in it did and so i'm happy to have this the package is so cool if i ever found another one for 60 that was in absolutely perfect shape i would buy it just to keep in that box because i love the gantry arms it came with but Overall, I'm at the moment just happy to break down the box and keep these three figures as some nice rarities in my collection. Yeah, all in all, like I like I kind of said before, you know, price wise, I I want it, but the price has to be right, and it's it's still a little disappointing that based on the sales of a bunch of repacked figures on light up bases at Target, they made a bad call not to bring in something that I think would have flown off the shelves. It, it's so hard to say because even that Toys R Us set with the Nick Fury ended up going on clearance around Christmas. Very true. Then again, Toys R Us is always overpriced. <laughs> clearance it down to regular price. I still have an eBay save search. I doubt if you'll ever see it internationally for 30 especially shipping. I mean, shipping was a pain on this one anyway. But... I'm telling you, I know I'm the cooler. I know that I often pay too much for stuff online. But I never sit here and say, oh, I bought this and everyone else should because you'll never see this. Every time I buy it and I say I was afraid I'd never see it, then that means, yeah, I may have jumped early. But I've been collecting toys long enough to realize a glut when I see one and know the moment to strike. And when I say strike while the iron's hot on something, I'm rarely wrong on that. I'm not saying do what I do because I usually overspend, but once in a while I get it right, and when I call it like this is when I do. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, you definitely have an eye for the market, and I think what you did this time around, you did just absolutely right. But the one wild card in this scenario is the fact that these were only found so far in the UK, and I'm still holding out hope that eventually they will make them to our TJ Maxx's. Or even our TK Maxes, whichever. <laughs> our TK421 Maxes. <laughs> our TK Rostors. It's possible, in which case, then I truly have cooled it. But we don't even know how many of these were made. That's the true wild card. Heimdall's starting to show up in the UK as well. I've been trying to keep an eye on that. There's hmm. a guy that got one for like eight ninety nine British pounds, so that's like thirteen sixty five US. Are you going to buy it? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I probably will, because that ends up being like under 25 shipped. That's not horrible. I paid 25 shipped for him from the U.S. Yeah. I don't know where the guy found him in the U.S., but somebody did. <laughs> yeah, this guy has 19 available and 26 sold, so he's got a bunch of these. And with that, that ends this week's show. We'll be back next week talking about a number of items from noggins to collectibles to more Hasbro figures in another multi-pack exclusive that went pretty much unseen. So all that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Website photo editing by Jen and Jeff. Podcast enhancement by Andrew, Shane, Daryl, and Barrett. Announcements by Brock. 
The Marvelicious theme song, Bam Pow Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lionsmouth. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. I am recording. What? Do you have the notes up? I do. I am recording. I'm recording as well. What? Where's my countdown? Oh, in five, four, three. And I am Justin. What did you just break? <laughs> Sp- Spider-Man fell into a cup. <laughs> Are we starting with shots? Jesus. <laughs> All right, and take two. And this is Justin. The exhibit floor had everything. The booths where people were being sold, artists. At, I said where people were being sold. We, there is no slavery at WizardCon. <laughs> is that why all the little girls were made up? They were <laughs> being put on the auction block? It's Ridley Scott talking about Blade Runner. It's Kevin Smith talking about Clerks. Oh, my God. It's Sean Young. And... Uh- I don't think anyone <laughs> has ever said those words. Except for maybe James Woods and maybe some expletives after that. Do you ever think that they make female versions of characters because people are like, God, Spider-Man would be perfect if I could just f*** him. So Spider-Woman. <laughs> but here's the problem. They don't get inventive in their names, so they're still just an extension of the man, and perhaps it is so they can just f*** them. <laughs> You've got She-Hulk. Gee, how hard was it to come up with that name, Einstein? <laughs> Spider-Girl. Or what's she called? Spider-Woman? There's both, actually. Of course there is. <laughs> the depends girl. on if you like them young. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. I mean, come on. Isn't there Iron Girl or something? Pepper Potts puts on the suit. Eh, it's not the same. And there's Iron Maiden, and I'm not talking about the band. Oh. <laughs> an Iron Lady is not an Iron Man movie. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to watch that tonight. <laughs> Chris had picked him up for me when he visited back around Valentine's Day. That sounded like we had a date. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Abigail Whiplash, uh, Whiplash, Abigail Whiplash. <laughs> Whistler. Even you know it. Oh, my God. I'm sitting here. What is her name? 